0: welcome to the laughing monkey music show table and ian baker from jesus jones how are you
1: no, i'm doing really good mate how are you i'm doing good doing good people that aren't aware ian is the keyboardist
0: and how many years is it now 34 or five years
1: for jesus jones 30 35 years i, I just can't believe it. it's 35 years 1988 I, we we started That is unbelievable
0: that is unbelievable because that would mean yeah i'm i'm 52 so like it's unbelievable to think of doing anything for 35 years like you know that shirt yeah, where, like it says yeah, like it's, it's, can't one of things, it's,
1: it's, it's kind of best not to think about it isn't it let's just let's kind of gloss over that move on swiftly and... you, you know what it is, is is you don't realize you don't when you're younger you don't think like oh old people
0: I think I thought that old people thought old but like now yeah. that I'm an older person I don't think any differently I still feel like my mind's in that same spot
1: so... and and, and having, having said that, I know that we should kind of we do j- joke a little bit about the fact that it's that it's thirty, that you know that it's this amount of time and and whatever. But the thing that I would say is that I get kind of immensely proud that it's lasted this amount of time as well, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, it's just you know the fact it, it's kind of an honor that it's that it's lasted this amount of time. I just i'm I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed.
0: You should be. I mean, you guys have a great body of work and the fact that you have an ebb and flow and the industry has been inside out a million times, you know, and the fact that you guys can all still talk to each other nowadays. Most bands can't even get in the same room except just to play. You guys are still friends. So, I mean,
1: there's a lot of great dynamics. Yeah, that's that's a big thing for us. You know, I I noticed that, um, you know, because I do look at other bands when they go out on the road and it always amazes me just like how many of them you know, if you see bands from our era that are still touring, um, a lot of the times it's, it's not really the whole band. You know, it might be like one guy or two guys and there are these session musicians on stage. You know, so if people come out and see us play uh, in the U.S. in a couple of months time. It's the same five guys. You know, it's the same five dudes that it was in 1988. Still on the stage, still playing together uh which i mean a that makes me incredibly happy because we do it makes you feel like this the you've got this sort of family that's developed over time but also it um i think that's a product of the fact that we got we got all of our arguments and our stresses and our fussing and our fighting out of the way quite early on you know um i'm not going to pretend that it's been a incredibly easy journey because it never is for any band you know but yeah. i think that we were We had a lot of fame very, very early on, you know, whichever way way you cut. (laughs) Yeah, but way early and whichever way you cut and slice that, there's no getting away from it. You can't sugar soap it in any way. We were very famous early on in our career. You know, there's no way of getting around that. But I think that's either a blessing or a curse or it's a bit of both, depending on the way that you look at it. You know, and for us, um, it's obviously a bit of a blessing because hey, you get to go out there and live like a live life like a rock star. You go from naught to a hundred because we were doing that within six or eight months of starting, you know, which is insane. But the the flip side of that is that it does present an awful lot of stresses and strains. And I think that first 18 months of our career was really difficult for us. And it put us under a huge amount of pressure. And um, but luckily for us, all of that pressure. On our on ourselves as people came very very early on, and and it meant that we were young enough to, you know, to grow and adapt and to get over it, you know. And so, we've had those fusses and we've had those fights, you know. And and 35 years later, we're we're still here, okay. um, which which I think is great. A lot of people don't have the the luxury of what we've been through, the good and the bad times, you know. Um, and I'm going are get past I'm, it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thankful for both, you know, for the good and for the bad.
0: Well, I think what's really kind of fun it's like, you got to be the rock star time during the best time to be a rock star because if you really waited until later in your career, it wouldn't have been as much fun. Because, like, once the late 90s and 2000s came, things really kind of changed around. You really got the the main point of being really decadent and crazy and, the you know... things were a lot wilder
1: back then when you you got your hits you know but i was thinking about this a lot actually for a couple of weeks ago and i you know i think that we were we got to have we have analog memories in in kind of what is now a digital era you know and people say what is it about bands from the 90s when people look back why do people like these bands so much and i think that you know, now if you go to a festival, or if you go to a show, you document every single second of that. You know, you can here's click. Here's a yeah. photo. Click. here's a, Here's a video. You can see where you were. You can check in online. You can flag yourself here, there, everywhere. And those memories are there. And it's like when you go to a festival or a gig now, it's just I don't know if those memories are quite as strong because they're just. You outsource your memories to all these digital yeah. um, banks of memory. Whereas if you grew up, I don't know, going to bands, watch bands in the 80s and the 90s, maybe early 2000s without a smartphone, I mean, God knows how you managed to get there and meet your friends in the first place. But, right. <laughs> but I had but, those, boot, like, who got those VHS
0: camcorders, the two parts with all the video? Yeah, yeah. Who's who stuck it in? I don't remember seeing anybody with that big old. Film section. Yeah, yeah.
1: How did did it happen? You know what I mean? So, but I just think that because of that, because there were no phones, because there was no digital um, crumb trail of memories, I think that what happened was that the people people hold on to those memories a a lot, a lot stronger than they would otherwise. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what it's not just nostalgia, it is the um, people have incredibly strong. memories from those particular times you know um, it's the age
0: it's the age though let's i mean one of the things i talk about this in the show and it's really kind of always over time been formulated because speaking of artists mm-hmm. different time periods that's usually the peak earning point or before you're paying bills and getting married and having kids and whatever it's your peak yep. growth period is emotional so you're going to connect to real 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 or whatever song for whatever band is at the time you know whether it's you're younger than Zeppelin or whatever it is, because those are your, those are your years that you're peeking at. And then yep. that's, that's and your memory of that time brings it back to that, to you being that person.
1: Yeah. You know? but I mean, I do. Yeah. I think that's why maybe people look back on it with such rose tinted glasses, but I do think that, you know, memories are something which were created back then. Mm-hmm. And I think memories are something which are collected back yeah i agree with that i agree with that totally you know it's a memory is a process of collection now and it's a process of collation whereas then it was a process of creation and and i think there was a sense of um a collective endeavor to those memories as well because you form those memories when you're with your friends at a gig you know it was a collective endeavor now it's just you and your smartphone and everything feels quite isolated you know so
0: well it, it, also nowadays you're not gonna get the things that we got the rock legends of stories that may or may not have happened because yep. there's no one to really document it it was the story of a story and everyone's memory is horrible as we've learned in these in, in like court scenes nowadays we're like as i remember it it's like never the same because our minds that we see different things
1: yeah so these legendary it stories is, you know i mean would never we happened. go back to yeah when we go back to our um material some of our back catalog i mean some of it yeah, you're right. These days, all gigs gigs just exist as YouTube clips and and Instagram reels and 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 all the rest of it. And you know, back then, there there isn't the digital documentation of of those those memories. It's like they are something that people share. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, totally- so yeah, it's it's it has definitely changed over time. It's definitely changed. Well, you
0: know, and it's. Good and bad, like I like to document things and I'm okay with seeing some footage, but it's only good if it counts as supplemental. Like I'll shoot something if I'm at a show and I share it with somebody on my page because say somebody I'm in America and somebody in another part of the world, well, I know the band is not touring there and how great for them to be able to see it or me see it, that's fantastic. But as a music fan, as somebody who supports musicians on the show and encourages people to go out and, and buy the merch from the artists, go directly to the sites, go see live shows it only counts as a bookmark until you can get to the show or if you can't go to the show if you can't afford to go to the show we all have different economic situations so whatever way you can enjoy music is fine but if you have that capability that should just be part of your journey to enjoying the music it shouldn't be um like supplemental being like well i saw my youtube that counts as my zeppelin days no it's yeah 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 yeah. it's it's, it's a moment you can experience and it might be the closest thing which is then it's good but if yeah. you can
1: go live, it's the best. I mean, I think that's, that brings us back to the to the um idea of outsourcing, you know, and participation in music is something which has been essentially outsourced now. Um, you know, you can live vicariously with music through de- various digital platforms and through streaming, and you can feel like you're involved. But there is no real substitute um, for a visceral connection, you know, oh, wow. and... Um, and that is something which is the link to that visceral connection is not as strong as it was 30 years ago. And I think it, it does, it behoves all musicians to try and do as much as they can, um, to try and keep that link going, you know, or to at least to stress the importance of that link.
0: Well, and, and that's interesting because like, in a band like you, you actually probably had three different layers where you like, you came out and you had the full force of the record industry once you had your, you had your head yep. behind you. And then, you had the middle years where the industry, where you weren't you didn't have the big hits and the industry was finding its legs. We had Napster and this, and the, the music styles are changing and the pants yep. and the style. So like, and then you're trying to find yourself again. And now you're back at a point now where 80s, 70s, I think it was 60s, 70s, 80s, and now 90s have kind of come full circle because A, the age group, everyone's kind of back to being financially able to go to shows again in our age group again. Yep. Kids are older. Yep. I was got the, the the money to do it now. Um yep. and we're not talking four hundred dollars Bruce Springsteen tickets, but we're talking about we can go to a show and go out with our significant others or our kids want to go. I've been bring my kids to shows now. And you know yep. but, but, but you, you're back to that. But so you hit like so you had like three different levels, probably maybe more. You would see more, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you had do yeah, like yeah, the of course. Industry, you know, industry
1: peaks. Those are those are big dips. Yeah, the, so the yeah the big the industry goes through different phases you know and i think it's interesting for us to uh, to see those phases progress but i mean it's also interesting to just go through those on a personal level because you know talking uh, you know on a personal and career level for us as a band it's interesting to go through those phases i mean jesus jones did have a um uh, at the early period of of time for the band the the years when we were incredibly successful And then we had years when we were less successful. And I like to think that, you know, it's fame is something that you, you chase because you think that you want it, you know, but fame may be something, fame may be something that you want, but failure, I think is something that everybody needs because you learn way more, way more from the stuff that you get wrong than you learn from the things that you get right, you know? So every single thing that we got wrong, um, was, you know, if I look back, those are the things that have shaped us more and and shaped us more in the way of the people that we actually are, but also the music that we make now is, is produced because of the things that we went through and we didn't get right, you know? Um, and I'm quite glad that we had the ability to do that. You know, that is perhaps the biggest privilege of having a career that lasts that long. That's the thing that I'm most grateful for because there are bands that, that don't have access to that privilege you know bands that hey maybe they get like three or four years and they split up after five or six years because you know something didn't work or record company dropped them and i think you need those years in in the wilderness you need to be able to go through that you know and luckily we did have those wilderness years and it means that when you come back from those the lessons that you learned and the time you spent away means that you're able to do things in a better way. And you're also able to appreciate your time coming back. You know, I mean, the fact that I'm talking to you after 35 years, 35 Amazing. years of being a you know what I mean? I appreciate the right and the the privilege of being able to have this conversation with you now. I appreciate this way more than I did the thinking back to it. I appreciate this way more than I did going on like, oh God, we were on, um, you know, some late late night live TV shows, the Arsenio Hall show. We were on the Arsenio Hall show, and I'll tell you, I appreciate this now more than I appreciate being on the damn Arsenio Hall show because, aye, aye, aye. Well, thank you, you kind of took. <laughs> But you, but you kind of take that for granted back then. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're like, well, I'm, oh yeah, we're successful, and somebody from the record company says we're going to do this today and we're going to do this tomorrow. But I don't take anything for granted anymore. So the the well, you know the the fact that somebody wants to ring me up and talk to me about being in a band thirty five years I, on, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, like, I went. I did. I
0: have a music background, but now I do like IT and stuff. and during COVID, I started the show, and, and I'm not just saying just me in particular, but a lot of people that at different levels there's certain groups of you know podcasters that do it at certain bigger or higher levels yeah. all your own personal time like i don't do this for money i don't make money from it. it's all all my socials all my dedication to just the artist so it's yeah. like yeah that's how invested you are because there's no i have yeah i have no success i'm like i don't get success i don't care if people know who i am i'm just the vessel to, i want people to be able to go on to the show and hear different artists and be like what have they been up to? Because everyone can have their ear to the ground, or is obsessed with someone like me. Yep. But the, the but something like me, is obsessed, can say, "Here's this episode. Here's this artist. Here's what they've been doing." Maybe if you don't like them, you can yeah. listen to the episode and go, "Oh wow, that was really interesting. Let me go check them out." Like that's, you know, yeah. so so there's a there's a true honesty on a small level on a show like this or anybody's. You know what I'm saying? Yep. like, Back in the day it was a big production where it was yeah. like, Well, your numbers are this because I have had people on my show that are still huge. And some people shows that are are just yeah. work on their first album. Week after or day after like it yeah. doesn't matter to me. It's just do you love music and what yeah. kind of person are you? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I think after 35 years, I think the lesson that it taught me is that, you know, the numbers don't really matter anymore, you know, and the, and what really matters is, like you say, a, you know, People. a transparency and honesty and some sort of commitment to your fans and a commitment to the central ethos of doing what it is that you do, you know, the music that you do, you know, and if that's, um, if you still have that after 35 years, it like I said, it's a privilege, it really is.
0: And I think it's broken down from being the untouchable rock stars to the neurotic fans of like the Beatles to now like a lot of people like kind of like their friends because you see them at certain shows. It's a family. It's just somebody. Yeah. And I say it's somebody that like, I just used this example the other day. Like if you were a horse person and you made, you know, horseshoes and I rode horses, like you would be my favorite horseshoes, you know, saddle maker, like, you know what I'm saying? And I, we yeah. we, we, we when they show, we talk about saddles because I respect the trade that you do and I want to yeah. celebrate it. But you're still a regular yeah. person, because yeah. that's how you feel. Well, you know what I'm saying? I and think, that, that's the yeah, difference. I think,
1: I think, I think social media has had a big part to play in that. In the in the sense that it has. It has given a face to the to the fan at last. You know, previously they were just a an, an amorphous crowd uh, for a rock band. You'd look out, and there would be this blob out there in front of you and and social media has given it empowers that crowd to give themselves separate names and faces and separate identities and um and not only that those separate identities and names and faces can attract the attention of the people that they uh, that they follow you know and 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 i i don't have a problem with that i love talking to people and i talk to the same people online and and you build that bond between band and fan, and that's been a massively positive thing, you know. That's really and everybody cool likes, way, to, yeah, yeah. Everybody likes the rag on social media, and it it certainly has its downsides. There's well, no everything has
0: its downside. Everything that's yeah. good is bad. Cars are yeah. great. Drinking's great. Drinking and driving is awful. Like everything. Yeah. With, chocolate's great. Too much chocolate is not good for anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is good and
1: bad. How are yeah, you using yeah, so, it as
0: a tool? It's a paintbrush. Yeah
1: yeah so but yeah you know i'm 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 pretty happy that, that um i'm happy with the band where we are and what we're doing you know and i'm incredibly happy still to be talking about it, it is a it is a pleasure it is an absolute
0: in the in mid years though you had a thing where you had like okay, there were, during the edmund and flow years you had a little more extra time and you started yep. doing other things yes want to just touch upon that for some people because i think it's really fantastic and you could probably Put it much more succinct than I could.
1: Yeah, we all did. I mean, we all did various different things. I mean, effectively, I mean, we never split as a band. But what happened is in 1997, the record company, it's called, they neglected to pick up the option, you know. So every, every album that comes out, the record company has an option to carry on working with you as a band. And there's this thing where they neglected to pick up the option to to carry the next album, and effectively that means you drop. But it's it,
0: right. a great that's term, they yeah. have that, like
1: every, you should, like you get married and you have a ten year option, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. my wife
0: neglected that, to pick up my option on my tenth year. Yeah, yeah, totally. so now that's I'm how they going.
1: frame it, you know. So they didn't pick up the option, which but but it basically meant that we never split because it just meant that we didn't have anything to do. You know what I mean? So we didn't ever have that thing where we sat down and said, that's it. We go our separate ways, but we just didn't have anything to do. And so you enter this vacuum where the band activity has disappeared and it leaves behind it a vacuum. So everybody else runs around and does different things. You know, Mike, Mike became a fitness trainer. So he worked in personal fitness. He um, he did just, you know, uh, bike training and fitness training and personal fitness training. Um, yeah i did he did like um spin classes and pilates he could, pilates instructor all of that sort of stuff uh and i did i did a lot of um broadcasting so i worked on the radio so i did um I, there's an independent radio station here called xfm which is now called radio x but i worked on uh, xfm for almost a decade um and then i kind of moved over and started um a fledgling radio station for the music magazine enemy which people have probably heard of so they had enemy radio for a while so i did enemy radio i did voiceover work i just you know club djing just loads of other things and and that that level of kind of a slightly different way of being musically creative led me off into doing different things so i ended up getting involved more in the in the sort of business side of things so now and then i ended up managing the band um, so I now manage Jesus Jones. I manage Mike. I manage his publishing. I manage other musical things as well. Um, so yeah, it kept me busy. You know it really kept me busy, and i'm I'm grateful for that. And again, you know it was great when things were happening, and there was stuff for us to do with the band. But equally when that disappeared for a while, I you know, I was grateful for the fact that I could fill that space with something else and maintain that musical creativity. And when, and also when Jesus Jones came back again, when the opportunity came back again to do more stuff with Jesus Jones, I was able to to do that too. So, um, I've been lucky. I've been lucky.
0: In the past so, uh, there's been a lot of rarities and and big albums, in the CD collections, and box sets, and some yep. newer music in the past couple of years. Here and, and on iTunes, it's all dated, almost like current. Like it, like nothing ever gets like broken down properly. So, like, what was the process of like having all the rarities and these box sets, and then also doing new music, and now you're getting ready to tour over here? Like,
1: what's the? Yep. Oh, the it's it, it's in, it's an insane process. I have to say, it's an insane process. It's it's incredibly creatively fulfilling, but at the same time, it's it's slightly exhausting because you have to become the repository for everything that the band has done. <laughs> Somebody's got to know that information, so you become your own wikipedia in a way you know when somebody says you know have you got a tape of those shows that you did in europe or have you got the demos for the original version of that song or where did the remix come from i started collecting all of that i had all that information in my head anyway because i've always been a bit of a nerd about music <laughs> and collecting and vinyl and stats and all the rest of it so i was an obvious candidate for that And so I collected all of that information in my head and then you collect all the stuff too. So I have the archive of the band and then I collected all the DAT tapes and all the demo tapes and the cassettes from Mike, all of the video cassettes. And then you start to transfer all of it all onto digital formats. And then once I'd collected all this stuff, it's all in there, you know, information, songs, demos, history. um, And it becomes this kind of, like a cloud storage thing in your head of um, of the band's entire career timeline. And once that's all in there, it was just a question of, like, downloading that information into box sets. You know, people say, well, they'd say, well, do you want to, re- you know, reissue some of this stuff? And I'm like, yes, please. Let me get this information out <laughs> somehow, you know, because it's all in there and it's got to come out. Um, but it is quite exhausting because you have to be able to think quite um analytically and logically about huge amounts of information which branches in several different ways so you know with a song say like right here right now you know they'll say let's put right here right now onto this new box set and you've got to be able to say well which version do you want you want the english single or do you want branching off you want the american single or there's a branch off that the american remix or there's a branch off that for the six club mixes and there's a branch off the club mixes for the promo mixes which never made it to the clubs so you you know what i mean so you've already you've already gone down this one branch to like 12 or 14 different locations and then you have to be able to navigate back to the original branch and then from that original branch they'll say well what about the b-sides oh okay well let's go out let's start another branch let's go and uh, you know and and each and every step of the way you've got to be able to find the correct version for each song. You've got to make sure that it's the, it is the the correct version that appeared on that particular 12 inch single or whatever. And keeping all of that, it's like metadata in your head for each and every step of the way that the band has taken is it gets, it gets a little bit too much. Sometimes it gets, it does get kind of overwhelming trying to maintain, um, Threads on on everything. You remember those? Remember those stories about people? You know, to stop you from getting lost in a cave, you have to unwind the thread, yeah. and you have to leave the thread at the door, and you have to, you have to trail the thread, everywhere you go at every branch of the cave, because otherwise you'll never ever be able to get back to the first opening that takes you into the actual cave system. It's it's like it's exactly like that but you you don't have one thread you may have several hundred threads all at the same time um so yeah it's quite overwhelming but at the end of the day the the end product is great and the end product is creatively fulfilling you know like being able to do those box sets and the reissues yeah your
0: one big box set. what's the biggest one you have is it like 15 or something yeah
1: 15 cd box set which is nuts you know
0: 15 that's that's an an unbelievable bananas like and and, yeah. and and I would say, but also as a band like you, because the sound of the band is not locked into being a, a four-piece rock band or a five-piece rock band. Yeah, because you cause you, you're, you got all types of music, and there's dance, and there's all kinds of dub and disco. I, I hear all types of music in you guys, and I'm sure you guys all have your own influences bringing right in. So yeah. once you start having the you know the, the dance influence with the rock, which is really was really kind of a big uh, English thing for a while. You guys had a bunch of bands doing that. Yep. And then the, the the club scene with the remixes, that can just start loading up CDs to begin with for you. All yeah. different versions. It was,
1: it was huge. I mean the amount of stuff was just like you say, it was nuts, you know, but it was great to do, you know, and I love doing it. And then we got the ability to put all of the albums out again on vinyl, which is great because I'm a, yeah I'm a huge vinyl fan. I love my I vinyl. Am. Yeah. Yeah. So how do. was the
0: fans About were they when it got was it a huge reaction where people like
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. People, they absolutely love seeing things out again on vinyl. You know, um, that's a big thing. You know, um, and we're about to release. We'll get, we've we got new material coming. We've just written new material, too. So um, and I'm trying to work with uh, a guy called Rich at a company called Speedo Wax, who we've worked with before to be able to put something out on seven inch vinyl, which I love perhaps more than everything. Everything else, you know, that's my favorite. You know, if I could just have if I could just put everything out on seven inch singles, I'd be that's me i'm happy i'm done well the world has
0: gone to singles as it is so and 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 vinyl sells yeah. as much or more now than the cds right was not it last year that the yeah that's work? right
1: it's more than yeah more than cds i mean it's still you know it's fractional when you compare it to streaming but you know yeah, i still have don't, a don't... record
0: player on them i have two record players in my house
1: but yeah. i don't have a record player in my
0: car or my work yeah. i mean streaming does work you know
1: what I and what I think the other day is that there was this kind of story in in the press about how like fifty percent of the records that were sold like record store day records or so something I you know went to people that didn't have turntables and there was this like yeah of hands like how can this be you know and at the end of the day I thought you know what does it does it really matter you know what I mean do we really do we really care whether people actually want to play the record or not, or whether they just want to own it and own something by the band. And I I think with, when you consider any art form, I think it's unwise of for any artist to start laying down conditions as to what, as to how their art should right. be consumed. That,
0: that goes into the, the band t-shirts with like the Kardashians wore and heavy metal shirts.
1: Yeah, yeah, but not, it's not it's, a fan of the Kardashians or, or any no, of that but it, it, it's garbage TV, but who cares? It's not, for, it's, not for, it's not for anybody to say, you know, you can't buy my you right. can't buy my t shirt. Or, you know, if I release a song that's about me and my girlfriend, I recorded a song about me splitting up with my girlfriend. I you know, when everybody buys that song, I want them only to associate the memories that they have of my song with how I felt about my girlfriend. Right. You know, when, whereas what will happen is, people will say, "I love that song because it made me feel uh, like I did when I was on summer holiday when I was 15." And yeah. somebody else will say, "Well, I like it because it reminds me of my dad." I like it because it reminds me of something else completely different. And well, think- people are—they're entirely, entirely free to imprint their own memories on, on your own artwork. I—I I think the problem is, I think some of the people are saying, "Well,
0: name the big thing is Name three songs from this artist." yeah listen if somebody just wears a shirt for fashion especially i know if i see a kardashian with a slayer shirt it yeah. doesn't change my opinion of slayer no, it doesn't make really. me it doesn't make me think the kardashians are a fan or not because they take up no space in my mind except the fact they're a good talking point in this conversation that everybody yeah. can be aware of who the person is yeah who cares what they wear who yeah, cares yeah. So if, if this person's I'm, wearing or, or if someone's wearing a, a Macaulay hawkins wearing a nirvana shirt or or a huskadoo shirt who cares if, if somebody wants to wear a shirt? Wear a shirt. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cash no, your I'm, check, I'm, cash in, As long yeah. as you're
0: getting paid for those shirts, there's. It's still free advertisement.
1: Yeah,
0: no, I'm, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm with you and, all the way. I'm with you all. And, all the way. and I
0: think with the records, I want to be hopeful that maybe they're got buying them because maybe it's a younger generation that doesn't have record players and they don't have a place where they can play it, and they're buying yeah. a couple records of their favorite bands with the hope to get into records because because a decent record player can cost you set you back yeah you know i have a i got like a small one that is just one speaker and the next thing you know i have a got, got an older one now and i got some bigger speakers but not even can afford that so if you buy the records when they come out you know that things change and versions go away then you have it hopefully it leads to more record buyers and more you know yeah, hopefully absolutely yeah yeah either absolutely. way the band gets paid and the bands anybody's get paid is the bands so yeah don't turn away money for, your, <laughs> for any kind of money. I think that's the biggest yeah. music lesson you can learn. Don't push away fans. Who cares if they want to buy your shirt or your record? You know, just make sure it's not a third person out of state check or something. You know, just make sure cashable. Um, yeah. But how songwriting been for you guys are now though, because you guys have experienced so much and the ups and downs. And, and clearly now you real it's really about running because there's less of a profit margin. So it's really about just the love of music, you know,
1: yeah um yeah it does change you know I mean I think that in the past there there is that that real sense that you have to comply with the music business, you know that you were in a a little bit of an arms race, you know right. r- Sorry, race a hit single. single a hit single, yeah yeah totally and I think that's that that definitely disappears, you know, so that's another one of those good things, bad things. It's great to be recording records that you know are gonna thing but it's exhausting as well and i think once you're freed from that it allows you to change your creative process and say what you want to say without uh, any form of compromise at all that's that's something which is which is great you know and and yes there is there is um there is a, a vacuum in the sense that that real sense of perhaps commercial hunger may have disappeared and that commercial hunger can drive amazing music. You know, some artists out there who are commercially hungry and you listen to, you know, you know, if you are like Taylor Swift or Miley Cyrus or something, and you're like this pop juggernaut, you know, and sometimes the sheer um, force of some of the commerciality of those records is breathtaking, you know, it's breathtaking. But at the same time, I find it breathtaking and kind of exhausting as well. You know, well, I, I, you, I think it, it's it nice happens. to be away from that.
0: It, it is. But I mean, it becomes a danger of not just the Taylor Swift now or any artist. Because most people have their good 10 years, solid 10 years. If you have longer, it's really special. But or whatever. Yeah. But just like, say you're, you write a, book, a, a big book, a Stephen King book in the beginning. I'm going to buy the next Stephen King book back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to get this because I know this was good. So yeah. at that point, you're you're writing the songs and people are buying it on the merits because I know what you like. La- and you and your last album, of course, out. Yeah. So it's like, you're as good as your last fight as a boxer. So at that point, yeah. are you still being an artist because people are just buying it blindly now? Because you get the love of Taylor Swift. There are people that's going to buy everything Taylor Swift. So at that point, it's good as a fan. Yeah. But as an artist, you guys are questioning like, well, is it just, does it even matter what I do anymore? Have I become bigger than myself? Have I become bigger than my art?
1: yeah but like I say, okay. I just find it exhausting, you know what I mean I just find it kind of exhausting so but yeah, the songwriting is is it's nice to be free from those things. It's nice to be a little bit away from that huge commercial pressure um but having said that, we also and Mike you know because he does the songwriting, he likes to be he likes some pressure in the sense that he likes to work there's some sort of a deadline, so um he always likes me to say. Like, mate, we need an album. You know, we just got to put an yeah. album together. And he'll say, "Oh, okay, all right, I'll start writing an album." Whereas, if if there's <laughs> nothing, if, if if nobody says to him, if nobody says to him, well, uh, we need an album by the middle of next year, he won't do it. You know, it's it's really weird. It, his his songwriting really? is still yeah, he's still his songwriting is still kind of task led. Um, there has to be some sort of thing there, um, and that allows the creativity to move and to start flowing um that's, that's pretty funny i don't it, know that do that. he doesn't he does in that sense he's not like other writers you know so that's quite interesting to to see but once it starts happening and we know that there's some point in the future there is an album on the way he just starts writing just as normally as he would ever do you know
0: that's because either some either you're kind of musicians you talk you talk a lot about is either that you're writing when you get the urge of the idea or you get a couple of song ideas a year or whatever or they're like they yep. don't do it unless they have to because it's not really natural and they have to work hard and it's exhausting and they need outside writers or, or ideas and you know what i'm saying but the fact yep. that he can be like i'm just not gonna write anything but then when he does write he can still just pick up where he left off it's kind of a little different than, than the, the, the mindset of most people you know which is kind of, kind yeah, of interesting actually you just turn it on yep. like a like a faucet you know yeah which which is which is pretty interesting um where are we at now? So what are we looking at now for the tour and stuff? Where are we going this next year? What's the year looking like now for you guys?
1: Well, yeah, um, it's it's busy at the moment. You know, we, we've we come to, we've kind of come to the end of the reissue program, which is good because it was just like a year and a half's worth of solid insanity. And we're just looking towards the American tour, which kicks off um, at the end of June in, uh, in Florida. Uh, and then that lasts for sort of two and a half weeks. Then we'll come back in mid July to the UK, and then from then on we are we're hoping to put the single out on vinyl in the UK, um, sort of maybe August September time, September around that time. And then we've got a couple of festival shows, and also maybe some UK dates that we'll play in October. And then I think after that, we want to come back to the States again and finish what we started. I mean, this tour that's coming up is very much Midwest East Coast. There's nothing at all on the West Coast, which is crazy. But we just knew that logistics of touring and, and the sheer expense of it, for especially for UK bands coming over, is a, it's a logistical minefield and it's also a financial minefield as well. So to limit any kind of potential trouble, from that we were like well let's break it down here let's see if we can do one bit now and then we'll regroup and try and come back and do the the second half next year so that's the plan um america in the middle of this year uh, maybe towards the end of this year we'll go somewhere else around the world i'm not sure where um but then hopefully we'll be back in the states at some point early next year has it
0: changed? Well, that's good. because I, mean, I know a lot of bands are having a hard time coming over here. I've heard a couple of English bands. I've brought that up to them. And they're like, no, it's, even, it's like, great. I'm making more money. It's really good. I'm like, I don't know where you're. Everyone else is having a hard Mate, time. I don't know how enough. they're
1: doing it. Tell me how they do it. Tell me how they do it. Because so I'm know well, that, these, are, these are hard. i running are hard the hard numbers part part. at the moment and it ain't that easy. To, to, no, trust I've been me, talking artists easy. between,
0: you know, it's over a grand for a bus and you get insurance and and this and that. And you are doing you know, visas are what? Five to seven grand. I mean, it's, yeah. You get, you're getting taxed on your merch coming in then yeah. you get taxed the
1: venue on the merch you know yeah. it's, it's 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 crazy yeah i don't know well, what at, at the moment i you know i, I can't go you know i'm not going to go into all of the figures but i'll tell you for a for free that any tour that you do expenses versus income expenses can run anywhere up to about 75 or 80 percent of income yeah. you know so you could be you know, say that you you went out on tour in the States and you made a million dollars. That's amazing. You could have to pay $750,000 to make that million. You know, and, and so, and don't forget that you have to pay that 750 up front. That has to come, and that has to come these days. People don't have record company deals. People don't get yeah. deals, tour support. You want to do that? You know, you want to try and make that money? um you got to find that money out of your own pocket first and people still say well okay maybe you make $250,000 but that's like saying you know it's not really much of a bet if you had to lay down $3 as a bet to make $4 you know that's not that's not really a great return is it and yeah. and you know 1 million you know 750 to 1 million is the is exactly that same percentage you know it's not great, you know. So uh, yeah, so yeah. Tell me their secrets. I want to know their secrets because well, I those were a lot. They, uh, those, those are a lot of, I think I think the big thing with them is they had a package deal. They are doing
0: a lot of package yeah. deals. And, well, and yeah, they,
1: precisely. So yeah, that's how you make the money, you know. You do, You all. You all get. That's the what same I think. Butt. They wouldn't.
0: I didn't. You know, wrench it out of them because I don't think they were handling. They're still younger bands, and I don't know if they knew the full logistics of something. And I'm like, really? I've talked to yeah. hundreds of musicians. You know, yeah. I used to work NAB. in the music, industry, and I used to work in the music industry. I have a good idea of what what everyone's looking at right now, the struggles are. That's the point of the show is to tell the fans, the artists are not complaining about it. But I will be a realist and share with the fans some of the struggles so they can appreciate if the band does get there, you really need to show up. Or if the band can't do it, you really need to not complain because they're going to really do their best because they really want to play. But these are the real problems they have. And they risk more of their future of their future finances than most people normally do at this point and you need to have more nowadays when you're in a band because you don't have normal health insurance and stuff you you're you're not on a a government plan you're not on a company tested you're kind of like a a freelancer independent contractor doing your own insurance your own this and that i mean i'm not doing a sob song but the dynamics of finances are different
1: nowadays yeah no of course they are yeah no it is it's tricky it's tricky but we will get there we will get there but we you know at the end of the day, we're looking forward to coming over and it's it's all going to be good. And yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to kind of get stuck in and, and get going, you know, because it's been it's been hectic. You know, I mean, even today, you know, I've had I've had two Zooms already today. I've got another one in about five minutes time. Oh, man, it's just it's been it's hectic, you know, but I love that as well. You know, I I kind of thrive on that on that activity. You know, it keeps me going and it keeps me. And it keeps me inspired, you know, which which yeah. I as, as as hopefully has come across in the chat that you and I have Absolutely. had. Absolutely, it's you know, it's, a, no, it's I, exciting. I, I find I find that you know that inspiration is is something which it keeps me going, you know, it really does. That's the excitement, and I think
0: um, where's the best place, as we wrap this up. The best place that people can go to is it the the website is the best for updated information. And from there, they yeah, can yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. So find us
1: socials. on uh yeah, it dot jesusjones.com for the website. It's Jesus Jones Band is the social thing. So on Twitter and Facebook and uh Instagram, and uh yeah, we're there all the time. Um, come and find us, come and say hello, uh come to the shows, come and see us play. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm it's uh, as you'll have noticed, I'm I'm really grateful for everything. And I think at the heart of that is I'm really grateful for the fact that I always say that I'm really grateful for the fact that I'm still here, still doing it. But, you know, I always understand that that is an honor which has been bestowed upon me by others. It's not something, you know, that's come from me. It's come from other people. Other people are are, their interest and loyalty and support is the thing which allows me to carry on doing what I'm doing. So um, I would say, yeah, I'm thankful to still be here, but I'm always very, very aware that I, I function at the best of other people. Do you know what I mean? And I never forget to kind of give them, those people a shout out because they're the most important part of the equation. Well,
0: as fans, we appreciate it. And as everybody watches my show, if you're new, uh, whether it's the podcast site or you're on YouTube, watching it below and the links will be the band yep. stuff. So get done, get done talking, click on and go over this stuff, follow them on all the socials, support the band that's what the goal of this yep. is Indeed. Well, thank you for going show man. I appreciate it thank
1: you it's been a really good chat've uh, I've enjoyed every second you know what I mean as I've said you know um, it's always a privilege to do this you know and it's always a privilege to be able to talk about stuff and and get this stuff out in the open because it needs saying you know and mm-hmm. and having a having somebody cool there on the other side of the screen to sit and listen and chat back and forth uh, it makes it all worthwhile so yeah I thank oh. you very very much thank you